Hi, and welcome to the Diablo podcast. Your home for Diablo tryhards, diehards, casual, and hardcore. I am your host, Zan, and I am joined by my lovely co-host, Nineball. Oh, hi. And a man whose face has uh, graced your Battle.net screens has taken over uh, Xbox's own Switch, and uh, BlizzCon itself, Macro Bio Boy. Oh, are we we're recording. Oh no. Oh no. They saw the dumb cowl thing. Hey everybody. Thank you for having me back. And I appreciate the introduction. That's way too wildly nice of you to say, but they're well, all technically true. So you're not lying. It's like, well, every every time we talk, you do something else that's really cool, so it feels it feels needed to add that to an introduction. Like, oh yeah, he did that and then he did that and then he did that. So why not bring it up? Why not? Playing video games. Who would have known? Yeah. Though so, uh, I, I do have one thing to say, though. We do have a new co-host. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. the we, boy. Yeah, we got we got Duriel is now official co-host. There he goes. That's, I love that's that. Approved. Yeah. Wow, let's yeah. Is, is, is that an official Eludiana? That original? This is a, this is a 100% official Ludiano uh, original. Went through. Uh, this is spawned from a joke during like the 2019 opening ceremony about turning Duriel into a handbag, and well, <laughs> Duriel is now a handbag. Can you can you give the full 360 for the camera so that everybody can see? So, uh, audio listeners, uh, there's this amazing oh. that is way bigger than what I thought. Um, yeah, it's got pockets. It's got oh, wow. pockets. So obviously, you know, you got the handbag pocket up top, but yeah. in celebration of him having a new mouth in the front, there is a hidden pocket wow. uh, up front. So, yeah. Uh, so again, for audio listeners, his buggy butt. Nineball oh, buggy is, butt. is displaying a massive, basically like this is, this is a duffel bag in the shape of, of amazing stuff, stuffed animal looking uh, Duriel. Um, like with absolutely the derpiest face that that you could possibly imagine. Yeah, it's you know it's a props again to Eludiana for absolutely nailing it because like the face is already derpy and cute enough, but then the extra little derpy tooth yeah. is just like yeah. the perfect level. That's what makes it the hundred and ten percent. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I had seen pictures on on Twitter and I'd only seen the front profile. I didn't realize yeah. how massive it actually was. That that's kind of actually why you only ever saw the front profile because it was a lot to try and get the whole thing in the photo. Yeah. So, um, so again, uh, Aludiana, thank you if you're listening uh, out there in the interwebs. Um, I think it's uh, that is a good segue. Not about Duriel bags, but like, why are we here? What are we doing today? Uh, we're talking about BlizzCon because you both went. I. Sorry, the three did. of us went. Yeah, that's true. The three of oh, us went. Yeah, yeah. I, I literally just introduced him. That's rude. <laughs> you got to give Duriel his roses. He flew. He flew all the way here from California. That's true. So. That's true. It's his first time. It's his first time in a different state, man. You're making him crashing out. He should yeah. be perfectly fine in a swamp like that. So, um, that's racist. <laughs> 
Yeah, and you know what? I will own it in this time. It's racist against maggots. That's just, <laughs> just, just low. It's what I expect of Florida. So... Mark it down, Leviathan. Here on November 9th, it took us about five minutes for racist accusations and complete derailing. We haven't even we haven't even gotten into anything, um, but that's okay. So we're going to talk about BlizzCon. Uh, we're going to talk about all the uh, pretty cool announcements, um, and we're going to talk about all the great experiences that you guys got to go and have and hopefully you can share some stories for uh i would assume the the myriad of people who didn't get to attend um or at least me so i can live vicariously through all the cool stuff that you guys got to do uh so let's start up top with the new announcements um we got let's go with the biggest one first the new expansion so you guys were there you're on the floor. Um, you get to hear and see the new trailer. What was the reaction like? How did you feel? And what were your thoughts? Nineball? Uh, you know, uh, I guess this was like, it's always like when you go into BlizzCon, you kind of like some things like get spoiled and there's like the data mining and such that happened before. So kind of, kind of had expectations going into it that we were going to have this you know uh but at the same time it still was um you know it was really cool it was awesome i was i was just happy to go through uh and you know see the kind of like the the confirmation we are going to get an immediate follow-up of the story going to follow into a uh Nyrell's storyline and such and of course hey we uh we kind of we get to go home again to uh Karost and you know Travancall and all that stuff so i thought it was uh pretty cool so the the biggest part about the announcement is that it reminded me that i'm playing a video game that i care about that's like cool that it's a video game unironically like so so much of it was just me like taking notes and making sure i can tweet something and oh do i got a good pick and it's just like nope cinematic time we're going to just listen to mephisto be absolutely heinously evil while we slow pan over a ziggurat and it was just awesome. It was just like really, really cool to be a fan in that moment watching it happen. And then like we'll 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 get more into the other stuff that goes about it, but it's just like Oh, we're going back to Kurasta. Huh? All right, sick, cool. Trav runs are back on the <laughs> table, baby. If hey, can I just say if they introduce runes with this, I refuse to do Trav runs for runes. I'm just, I want to put that out there. I refuse to do it. I've been doing it for 20 years. I want to do something else. But it was incredibly cool. Um, well, that's awesome. And I, I can definitely say even from home, I was pretty stoked to, to go through and watch that. Uh, we also were told in tandem, you know, we're going to be getting a new class. And from you know the confines of home, like the big criticism was not finding out what that class was. Now I'll share my reasons later of why that wasn't a big deal for me, but that was a thing of like, hey, you announced that there is one, but you didn't say what it was. Um, what was the feeling like on the floor about like hearing that of like, hey, we got a new class coming? Uh, were there grumblings 
Were there people being like, oh, you're not going to tell us? Or was it just like, hey, that's awesome. We're excited. Tell us later. It'll be fun. So, I mean, during uh, during the opening ceremony itself, it was just kind of like the, the rush of excitement and such. And you didn't really have those conversations until afterwards to have time to like sit and consume it and such. And I think a lot more of that came, you know, during the, um, the campfire chat on the, the day after. So it was definitely, you know, there, there's, there was, there was a hunger there, you know, for more information, you know, and uh, surprise, the Diablo community wants more info. Who'd have thought? <laughs> yeah, who would have, who would have thought? Uh, we're just sitting here and, you know, doing complex calculus equations as how to, uh, you know, get to uh, level 100, you know, three seconds faster. So, uh, yeah, there's always, there's always going to be a, a want for, uh, a, a want for more info and such. The the interesting part about it, if we can if we can like quick bridge the gap between talking about the fact like once we were talking about the fact that we didn't know what the class was and all we learned is that it's very specifically a thing which has never been seen before, not Mm. hasn't been played before, but has not been seen before. So it's whole cloth, a new concept. But we're going back to Kurost but we're going to the whole area, right? We're not just getting yeah. off at the dock. I have a whole question about that too. Who's the person that we're going to meet who is in the, who is in D2? Cause they alluded yeah. to that. And if it isn't Ormus, I will riot. If it isn't Alcor, I will also riot. Um, if it, if it isn't Natalia, I will triple riot. There's a whole, if it's anybody, if it's anybody else, I will, I will also riot, but well, I'm pretty sure that Natalia isn't there anymore. She's moved on. She got a new job. They she she had to she had to change locations. But the just like very specifically, one, it's not a paladin. It's yeah. not a holy class, which would make sense, right? Unless there was like weird redeemed Zacharum who are just there somehow after Mephisto had been his soulstone had been. I don't know. I, I don't know how it could fit in. Yeah, so that that's one of the interesting things, and I I do wonder, you know, with them going through and like uh, retconning the name of the region to uh, Nahatu, um, yeah, like what other changes that they might go through and make in the background, because mm-hmm. this actually isn't the first time that we're getting to revisit Kuros since the events of Diablo two. Shortly before Diablo three, there's the novel um, The Order that uh, Deckard Kane and a, a very small Leah visit Kuros. Uh, and it is, um, uh, 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 what you call it? It's now, it, it became an outlaw haven. You know, the, mm-hmm. the Zakarum was overthrown. Everybody had already fled. They weren't able to, like, retake the capital or anything like that. And so they just left uh, what was uh, there. And so all of the outlaws, brigands, pirates, all the other types of such went and took over. And so it became... Um, you know, it became a very not nice place to be. Uh, and I wonder okay. how much of that we're going to go through and see, uh, given, you know, it's it's 50 years later uh, from, you know, past that point. Was it was it retaken? We see that there is like there was a renewed Zakrum push, you know, through Kedjistan um, and into um, Halazar. Maybe they also there was some forays to try and retake that area in Obviously, with the jungle being in control of everything, maybe not so successful. Mm-hmm. But I, I would like, 
yeah, I would like to see so at least some sort of acknowledgement of like the events that had taken place before um, in you know previous writings. It also it's also super rough that like they already killed off Mashif because like who better to bring us to that place like very yeah. specifically to bring us to that place to like keep that story kind of intact there. Interesting. I didn't know about that novel. Uh, yeah. But but uh, I was not mad to find out that it's a completely new class because that's really what I had been asking for whenever that question came up. Like, do yeah. you want to see the Paladin? What do you want to see? The Amazon? And I was like, give me a Haradrim like tinkerer or something. Like, give me something new. And they said, sure, we'll go ahead and do that. So I think it'll be a caster class because I yeah. think there's currently an underrepresentation of caster classes. And I'm choosing to ignore the the leaked data mine that we have found so don't read that <laughs> don't read that this is my thought i think it's a caster class yeah um I, it, this is going back like almost a year when we were going and trying to uh figure out what like the uh we were theorizing what the like the fifth class was going to be and such um and uh i guess more than a year ago it's been god has it really been that long uh uh i guess it was, this wasn't on our podcast this was on like the, the west march workshop in um uh Dinctuary and such trying to go through and uh, uh figure out what the the last final class was going to be and i had said like i was torn i wanted it to be the necromancer but also for the fifth class i would like to see something new and so this is this is definitely going to be cool um to see, you know, what the what the team can uh, come up with, with no, you know, no limitations, no binding, no 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 expectations for how the class should play or operate or anything like that, um, uh, you know, and what uh, what they can come up with on their own. I that would I would go into it eventually, and and now is that time. I'm not disappointed to not find out and. Again, there are data mind leads, uh, but I'm not. I wasn't disappointed not to get a full reveal and see it in action or anything like that, because it's still many months out. Uh, realistically, we would imagine this is going to come out October, maybe maybe July, if we're following like the way seasons are going, um, and that means I would have to wait. 11, uh, 8 months before I would get to play it. And that means I would have 11 or 8 months to not enjoy playing Diablo 4 as much because I wanted to get that new toy soon. You know, like once you know the new version of something that is something that, that's coming out that you like, the, the old version doesn't appeal as much. And Path of Exile has this problem a lot where they will introduce <laughs> what the new league is. Uh, or they used to do it, uh, you know, a little, like a month before. And you'd be like, oh, man, that sounds really awesome. I'm done now with this season, right? Yep. And if that doesn't happen, then I can still really enjoy what's currently happening in season two. I can still currently enjoy what's going to happen in season three and four and five or as many as it's going to take. Um, so to me, that felt great. I definitely get where people were upset. They want, you know, you told us a new class, but you didn't talk about it. But I'm okay waiting if I'm enjoying what I'm doing right now and it doesn't take away from that enjoyment. The, yeah, the, 
sorry, go ahead. No, by all means. The the only so the only pushback that I can have to defend people to 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 defend people to argue on their behalf is there is still like a pretty big holdout of eternal players. There are a lot of people who are like new to the genre and don't understand or, or and do not appreciate the value of a season. And I get that question all the time. Like, oh, but does this work in eternal? What if I'm only playing in eternal? Oh, I'm I'm an eternal. And I go, what do you mean you're an eternal? I have those characters there to test out stuff when it goes live. But uh, the the one thing, just because we are talking about a game that's meant to be played in perpetuity, that's perpetual gear grinding, is that if we knew more about the class, we could begin saving up gear that would translate to that class. So the Necromancer and the Barbarian can both use two-handed swords. So if I find a really good two-handed sword with all stats and core skill damage and crit and vulnerable, I know I can send it over my Barbarian, re-roll it for strength, and then I have a perfect two-handed sword to put on my guy or whatever. The sooner we learn about the class, the sooner people can begin prepping gear for that class so that when it comes out, they, they get to get their head start. You know, you, you know, you're rewarded for playing the game more by doing this speculative like gear grind. That's that's kind of the only thing. What, what's interesting is we go, there's going to be a new class. OK, cool. It's not coming out until late 2024. And I went, oh, this is a year away. I don't care. Like it's a year away. We're going to get teaser trailers. We're going to get stuff. I'm going to get lore. And then three or four months before it comes out, we'll get the new class. That seems reasonable to me. But there is like that one little like weird little use case where it's like, well, I could be preparing right now. And maybe I like maybe I like doing that. And maybe that's fun for me. And I'm tired of getting gear for a build I've already been playing or whatever. But I I guess I find it hard to like be mad about stuff when you just kind of understand it's all just part of the rigmarole of like development cycles and releases and video games in general. You know, obviously we're, you know, we're kind of zoomed in here and uh, it's, it's easy for us to be like, well, that's just how it works. Not everybody professionally looks at video games, but uh, when I found other people like pissed, I was like, Oh, okay. I mean, things just have long tails. That's just kind of how announcements go. Yeah. Yeah. One of my thoughts on it was also is that they, they didn't want to put like too much. Cause like for, for the Diablo players, the, the stuff that we learned coming in season two and the little teasers for season three was kind of like the, the meat of the announcements. Those are the things that we like really care about. And because like the expansion is going to be so far off, it wouldn't really matter for the majority of Diablo players anyways. But that's the type of thing that the news, um, like the news websites, you know, your all of your IGNs, GameSpots, and all the type of stuff that they're going to latch on to, to uh, talk and push articles on. And, you know, uh, for those that only play Diablo uh, and are listening to this podcast, they're probably one of the largest, like, pieces of news in 
WoW's history ever got announced there. And yeah. they really they really did not want that to share the spotlight with literally anything else. And it it makes sense from a marketing perspective because when Blizzard puts all of their eggs into one like marketing basket through BlizzCon to make the majority of their announcements, uh, if you if you go through and be like, yeah, we've got like these uh, this amazing like World of Warcraft story arc coming out, and then we have all of these amazing things coming in like the Diablo three expansion, and we have all this other stuff coming out of Overwatch. It kind of like you know it dilutes the uh, uh, you know you're you're sharing your your uh, what is it you're splitting the same attention you know for so you're really you're diluting the message that you're trying to get across. And this BlizzCon 100% was uh, you know they're they're doing something really cool and really different for how they are. Uh, tackling content with World of Warcraft, and it makes sense, and that that's cool, that's fine. You know, we get to uh, we get to share the limelight uh, next year because I I think you were saying you know like eight months, eleven months, and stuff like that. I think that's conservative. Um, I I don't think that we'll have the game out. Um, if we're recording this podcast after next year's BlizzCon, I think that the game itself still will not be out, or the expansion won't be out, and it will be a uh, later in the year type thing. Um, I don't want to think like that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be <laughs> playing it in July. Um, no, no. And that's totally fine because, uh, you guys are just setting up great segues. Um, it's great to know, but what's even better is knowing how season two is still evolving and where season three is going. Uh, so we've already, as of this week, and again, uh, Leviathan, it's November 9th. Um, so as of this week, we got our first addition to season two, which is the reintroduction of malignant powers on rings farmable from Varshan. Um, so let's start there. Have you found your ring? What are you doing with it? Uh, and since I believe, um, what class do you guys both play? Oh, that's right. It's a necromancer. So you got like the coolest power ever back. Um, have you both farmed that ring? I know the answer for at least one of you. Um, have you farmed that ring, and how are you enjoying it? So let, let me start off by saying Blizzard lied to us. Dun, dun, dun. Blizzard showed us a tooltip for a ring with stats that are impossible and went, this is the ring. And then me, like an idiot baby, believed a tooltip. And then I went and made an extrapolation video. I went, here's what it will look like upgraded. This is bananas. It has the most lucky hit chance, the most maximum life, the most essence. And it will get plus four to skill ranks. And they're like, no, you silly little baby. No, it's uh, it's slightly it's not as good as that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, day one, I think my third ring dropped and it was two percent off perfect. And then today I dropped a new ring that is 1% off perfect. Uh, so it's bananas. It's super strong. Uh, I, I came up with like a list of how to incorporate it into every build. It's not super great on every build, right? It turns out that not every build really cares about corpse explosion, but most things care about corpse tendrils and maintaining that damage proc from it. So it's an obviously great ring. I think the Druid ring is also very good, and the Barbarian ring is also very good, if I'm not mistaken. And then the Sork ring is, like, pretty okay. And then the Rogue ring is Keck W. It lays down a trap or whatever that taunts people every 12 seconds. Um, so I've been fighting that good fight, trying to lobby for that ring to get a boost to it. 
and I know a lot of other people have, but it's it's cool. It's it's a really awesome inclusion. And it's interesting that we so quickly incorporated seasonal uh, pre-season or previous seasonal concepts into the game as a mainstay. And well, I think it's I think it's a little bit too strong, like literally the Necromancer ring, I think is literally too strong. I love the precedent that this is setting for the developers. If a month into every season, we got a, a cycle, this is like a Magic the Gathering term, but like a cycle of things that are the previous season inclusion, like this is what was cool. This this one, we're all getting new boots because Metamorphosis is awesome. So everybody is getting a boot yeah. or, or whatever. Or it doesn't need to be every single class gets one. It's just this new unique is representative of the past season. This is the thing that we think was cool enough. I like that. The, the more energy and time and consideration that devs are putting into keeping the fun things in the game, the better. Me personally, I'll worry about balance and like tier listing later. But like just keep giving people toys that they like hell yeah absolutely yeah and i I mean like i was genuinely surprised by it um like this is the kind of thing like integrating past league mechanics that path of exile sometimes takes multiple leagues to do uh or shelves and like waits for the conversation to kind of um you know settle down and then dilutes it a little bit and brings it back in a form that everybody hates um, nobody's really complaining outside of rogues um, f- about these rings. Um, my only complaint is that after like 10 versions, I haven't found one yet, but I will. I will. Damn it. Um, but no, it was nice. Like, uh, And you added it to something that I was already killing. I was already farming. Uh, it doesn't require living steel to go and get it. Um, yep. The most so important that, thing in Diablo 4, living steel. So yeah. That, that also is nice. And it's it's also uh, much more approachable. It's not gated by um, yeah, like something like Duriel or anything that would require multiple maps to get to. Everybody's doing and uh, doing whispers and Barshan is so uh, approachable. So it, it was perfect and I definitely enjoy it. Um, side note, guys. As Necromancers, this does seem to be a pretty great season for you. And I mentioned on the last podcast that I was inspired by both of you, and I did start a Necromancer, and I left it at level 5 to go play a Druid again. Um, I did my best. Now, this was supposed to be your season, Necromancers, all the way. Does it does it feel kind of crappy to still be overshadowed by a Sorcerer now? <laughs> So I can answer that one. I literally don't care what someone else is doing. I'm having a lot of fun, and that's all that matters to me. Good. So yeah, that's that's <laughs> that that's perpetually the conversation that I'm having, uh, I, because p- part of what I do is I'm responsible for how the necromancers tear up on on our tier list on max roll. People go, wow, how is why would you ever make that B tier? And I go, because I think it's relatively this powerful. And they're like, but I was just building that build, and now what am I gonna do? And I go play it, play the build. Yeah. What you, what is happening right now? What's like? Do you know how the scoring says? Like B is above average. 
mm-hmm. S S is like like S is like Super Saiyan Blue God Tier Kaoken Twenty Goku. Like the these things are broken. A tier are like you. really. Thank you for making an anime reference that I understood. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm trying. I would love to get caught up on Dragon Ball Z. Well, at this point, Dragon Ball, whatever it is. Like, oh my god, I I just watch infinite TikToks about Dragon Ball because I just love Vegeta and Goku saying inspirational stuff. You fool! I, okay, we could go on and on, but that's <laughs> that's like podcast, different podcast, di- different different podcasts. But it's like these builds are insane. These builds are really good. These builds are very good. These builds are good for all the content. And now we're in C tier. So when people are like, uh, you know, Ball Sorceress, Ball Sorceress, I'm like, yeah, are you in competition with Ball Sorceress? And they go. No, I go. Then what are literally? What are we talking about? Who cares? Yeah. You can't play Ball Sorceress on the Barbarian. It turns out, no matter how many pieces of gear you swap over, he's not going to have a <laughs> bunch of lightning balls around him. So, I don't care. Um, what's very interesting? So here's the legitimate impact. Uh, not to like completely discredit everybody's concept of FOMO and like in their feelings and their validation, but like when I go to Legion events. I just sit on my horse and then I look to see where the ball sorks are going and I go the other direction to go do damage. Mm -hmm. So in that way, I can understand how it's negatively impacting your ability to have fun. And I only put air quotes there because it's to you and I'm quoting people who say these things. I do not personally feel it because to me, it's just it's another one of the things I have to check off my list to get the stuff that I need to go do the stuff that I think is fun. Uh, Games are always going to have broken builds. And I actually currently like their approach to things. While the devs could do better at communicating whether or not something is a bug or they're going to leave it in, they're basically going like, oh, something's broken during the season. It's going to be broken. And then I assume they're going to, when they do balance at the end of the season, going into the next one, they'll go, okay, everybody, you had fun with your ball sork. We are going to bring that back down because, oh, boy, we put too many. There was a comma in there and I don't even know you could have commas. But like that's I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. If it means there's a three month period where like the best build is a is Stormclaw Druid. Go for it. If, if the best build is Minion Necro, go for it. If the best build is the, the just me and my three buddies charging around Barbarian, go for it. That's fine as long as we have clear communication on whether or not it's a bug and if it's going to stay in because nobody likes building something, getting it nerfed. Right. But yeah. who who cares, dude? They look at look at all. They're having a lot of fun over there with their little their stabs and their robes and whatever else sorceresses equip. I don't know. And they're I don't balls. play it. They're having and they're balls. They're balls. Just, yeah. just playing with balls all day long. And yeah. I appreciate it because honestly. World bosses are quick. Legion events are quick, um, yeah. and I'm okay with that. And as a hardcore player, uh, it's helping me avoid death to this day. So thank you, Ball Sorcerers. You're doing me a solid. Um, okay. Uh, so we got new rings. But that's not I, all. I, I did just have one more thing to say on like the, the broken builds and such. And it's like, yeah, it's um, uh, obviously in season three, we're going to go through and get leaderboards. And so there could be a question of, well, what if the broken build is going to affect the leaderboards, what have you, but the leaderboards are divided by class. 
So it still doesn't matter if nothing changes and, you know, ball lightning sorks are still like super powerful. It doesn't affect my own leaderboard contention or progression while playing a necromancer. Yeah, I am. I'm I'm in competition with no one. My goal is really um, just to live, maybe make a hundred this season. Um, and yeah, I have no I have no uh, illusions of grandeur in this, but I am definitely definitely having fun. Um, and uh, that was where we were going to start at the top of this podcast was, you know, how your season is going. And then we dovetailed because you brought out that excellent bag. Um, <laughs> but, uh, co-host. Co-host. Yes, we brought up the, yeah, co- yeah. You brought up the, the uh, well, I guess the third and the triumvirate of hosts, right? Um, it's no longer a co, it's a triumvirate. Uh so it's okay. it's okay. He's a lesser co-host. Yeah, just like it is. just like you know, he's a he's a lesser evil. Um, so it feels wrong to to do this midway, but uh, how is your season going, guys? I got an Uber unique. Just dropped it. That. Yeah, it's literally running late for this podcast uh, because we loaded up like forty Duriel kills, and I forgot uh, what day it is because my <laughs> life has no meaning and calendars don't exist. Dropped the melted heart of Selig. Might be usable on Bone Spirit, maybe. I don't know, man. Uh, I thought it was a multiplier. It's not. It just says thirty essence, and I was like, oh, that's uh, that's nothing. Uh, <laughs> no, no. My, my my season's been going great. Um, I've actually, you know, we've only had one season. You got to remember, I had a thousand hours in this game before it came out, right? So, like, I've been playing seasons for a while, and I've been very motivated to grind out stuff, try out new builds, do the new content. I feel like I'm constantly doing something like, oh, now I'm going to go do a Legion. Oh, the world boss is here. Oh, a Helltide? Absolutely. Oh, I need I need some crafting mats. Let me go do some Blood Harvest just to go, you know, salvage some legendaries. I, it the game is in a great place as far as carrots to chase. And I really appreciate that. The only thing I don't like is doing nightmare dungeons, but at least now I can speed farm tier one hundreds. So that's good. I just like run to the end, kill a boss in 30 seconds and get my cliff XP. So it, you know, um, it's, it's interesting, but I'm having a great season. What about you nine ball? Uh, so I, I mentioned this on the last podcast. This season probably started at one of the absolute worst possible times that it could have for me. So prior to BlizzCon, I only got to like 72, 74, something like that. I, I literally forgot what my level was when I logged on today. Uh, and then, you know, like one of my friends like got inspired during BlizzCon and so rolled a sorcerer and is now level 100 already. And he was carrying my Asters Nightmare Dungeons today. Uh, um, so I'm getting there. Um, but it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, even, even prior to it, just the, uh, the vampire zones and all of that. It's, uh, it's been, it's been really good. And then of course now, now I've got to prepare, you know, cause we, we, we do have more stuff coming. So definitely I have to get my grind on while I still have these next couple of days of a uh, PTO to go. Uh, and uh, here we are with another segue. Um, we I'm have good a- at this. I know we have our first <laughs> a professional. Uh, 
yeah, it's, we've been doing this a while. I feel like you you teed that up really well. Uh, so we got our first bit of new season with the rings, and we've got a couple more things on the horizon. But the probably the biggest addition uh, is a word that I can say, but every time I've tried to type it out, I misspell it. Uh, abattoir of zir. Abattoir of zir. Abattoir. If you thought the word abattoir was going to make its way into your vocabulary at some point, I don't believe you. I don't really, Nine Ball. Um, it it is uh, actually used a lot in the flesh eater courts for my Warhammer Age of Sigmar army. Okay. 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 All right. Yeah. So that was when they said abattoir of Zir, I immediately understood that it was the slaughterhouse of Zir. It's like, yeah, okay, it's a butcher shop. Got it. Okay. All good. Yeah. I was there. I knew what was being talked about. <laughs> the yeah. worst part about the word abattoir is it has doubling of every letter you think, but none of the ones you expect it to have. You're always yes. like A B B A B A B T. Is there one? <laughs> two T yeah. two two r's two t's it's i never spell it right two times in a row yeah well thankfully it's not a spelling bee it actually yeah because it it was even like a special like formation it was just called (laughs) it's a formation in the flesh eater courts back in second edition it was just called the abattoir so yeah i am and i ran i ran that list so yeah no sorry okay well uh, one of us had it in their vocabulary already. Well, the vast majority did not. Um, and it was not what I was expecting. But having a little bit more challenge, and that that has been a common uh, you know, critique about Diablo 4 is like, hey, we need more like, you know, people clamoring for a world tier five or, you know, just more Uber bosses and which we did, you know, see with Duriel, but Duriel's not on the same level of Lilith. Um so we do have that coming. Marco, do you have any thoughts on that? Do I have any thoughts on the app? Just like the concept, the just like how I feel about it, the you fact know, that I played it for a oh, bunch what? of hours what? already, or or no? Oh. Is that what we're? Is I that guess I I feel is like that what we're alluding I mean, to? If you've tried it, uh, we I, I have talk tried. About yeah. it. we should probably okay. So I for people, so for for people who don't know, part part of what part of what me flying out to blizzcon was for is i got to visit the amazing blizzard headquarters which is beautiful it's wonderful all the statues i got pictures up on social it's it's wonderful um myself wudijo and Riker got uh, got to go visit and part of it was playing in the abattoir so daddy blizzard is right here and a big old nda is right here and my career <laughs> is right here so I'm not just going to I'm not just going to divulge everything, but I can I can kind of talk on the stuff that they've already alluded to. So the Abattoir of Zir, for people who, who haven't been following along at home, is a new content mode that is coming in season two. And it's a seasonal content, which is very interesting because the first thought I had when I saw it was like, oh, sick, this is being added to the game forever. And then went, this is season two and will We'll see about that. And I went, okay, great. Um, it is wild bananas hard. Um, it is some cool dungeon content. That's all I'll say about that. And if you are somebody who was around playing Nightmare Dungeons before they nerfed them into the ground, like preseason, that was nothing. 
that was actually nothing. If what I can talk about is the people have seen the glyph that they've added to the game and they've made the little roadmap of what's going to happen. The glyph says at rank one, you gain a 30% damage multiplier and a 50% rare uh, bonus node strength to to your to your glyph socket in the board that it's in rank one 30 percent damage multiplier and if you were listening to either my interview or lucky's interview a couple people interviewed adam jackson the glyph goes up to rank 200 and it doesn't increase its radius until rank 50 in every 10 ranks, it increases the bonus to the rare nodes, and it also uh, every rank increases the multiplier. It starts at 30% damage multiplier, and it ranks up 199 times. And you will need this glyph to do the Abattoir of Zir. Sit, sit in that, stew in that concept. Um, I'm trying to think of what I can reveal without getting myself super control. I stalled out at tier 10 is when I stalled out on the build I was playing. I won't say what build. I won't say what's going on there. I had Uber uniques. I stalled out at tier. I, I stalled out at tier 10 when I went, I need to completely change the build I'm running to push past this. So if you've been looking for a challenge, you're going to get it. Um, if you think your build is good, have fun surviving. I won't tell you what you need to survive or how you need to survive, but have maybe maybe your build that just one shots everything won't be able to take a hit, and it won't matter how how much damage you output. Maybe uh, it was incredibly fun. It was it was very very challenging. It 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 will force people to build their characters significantly differently than they have previously and i'm really excited to see the first person who finishes the final tier and what build can do that because it's gonna be nutty hmm. well uh as i've safely been playing hardcore and haven't died yet so far this season. I'm going to hang back and watch somebody else do it, I think. <laughs> I'm going to live vicariously through that until I'm ready to throw away my character. People should people should be preparing now. If you haven't leveled up your glyphs to rank 21, go go eat your vegetables, go do your work. Um, if you haven't been worrying about getting like perfect stats on some gear because it's been good enough ain't gonna be good enough and and again what's very interesting about it is that i don't think it's just take the best builds now and and just make them stronger and go i think it's going to force us to really reconsider what a best build really means at this point because i think there's a lot of stuff that's been skating by because the game's very very easy so you don't have to worry about as much stuff to be able to make a build work. And the kind of memes that people have been like, oh, I do this and I, I use I use this and Flicker Step and OZS Scale and this. And then I have infinite bone storm. And I'm like, do you do damage? Do you actually survive when you don't have bone storm up? Those that's going to be important. So I'd, I'd, I'd worry about that. But yeah, 
So it, it was pretty cool. Also, shout outs, obviously. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to go do that kind of stuff. Uh, it was it was wild. Um, yeah, uh, I'm very excited for this. I, I think it, it, it's always nice to have another challenge or at least aspirational content, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's nice to know like there's still like one more thing that I can aspire to do and maybe get to eventually. Um, and like that, that's what makes, uh, you know, calling back to Path of Exile, like there are bosses out there that like I haven't got to, but I want to, right? And that's going to keep me coming back. Um, that's what Diablo needs. We need that kind of stuff. So more of that is good. Um, now, we got the seasonal event, right? Which is oh yeah, non-denominational, non-denominational killer goat man. Absolutely, yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah, um, I think it, it's kind of cool to see that stuff happen. It doesn't feel like overly comic-y. It feels genuine to the world of Sanctuary. Um, you know, I'm 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 all for it. I don't want to blow past that too mm. much. Yeah, it's comedic in a way that works for Diablo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, not falling too much into being like overly cartoony as uh, Diablo three could kind of get into with certain pets and stuff like that. Um, let's go the big one. So we're 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 still hanging out in BlizzCon announcements because I want to get to your guys' awesome and cool experiences. I think like the last place to kind of stop before we get to that, is what I was most surprised by during all of the, the stuff. I wasn't surprised by an expansion. I wasn't surprised by hearing about new stuff for, you know, Season 3 and, and what have you. I was surprised that even in the opening, on day one, to hear them say, we're working on itemization, we hear that. And then for that to be reiterated in the campfire chat with Joe Shelley also bringing up, like, we want to take the aspects and kind of rework that system. We want to make gear more valuable. Um, what was your takeaway, guys, you know, hearing that even on, on day one or day two? I'll go first then. Um, <laughs> I just talked um, for so long. I thought I did a hand gesture. You couldn't see it because we don't we're not mind linked yet. Yeah, I've just been uh, talking for so long. Um, yeah, so I mean, I guess it's like for me, obviously, you know, um, I. I like learning things about Diablo and game development and all that other types of stuff. So I know that I, I look at things differently from, you know, the average player and such, but it's like. Like, obviously, they've been working on uh, itemization. Like, anybody with, like, common sense would know that they're they're working on it. They we Season 2 was just, like, a love letter to the community of going through and addressing a lot of major concerns and feedback that the community itself has had. Itemization is just going to go through and take longer with which to do, and that they're just out there up front saying that we're working on it. And, you know, that's just like, well, yeah, of course, it's it's something that is going to take, you know, a lot more work. Um, but, you know, it still doesn't stop people from going through and having issues that the itemization isn't fixed. 
now or season two or from what they said season three it's not going to be it's you know they're they are at least getting out there and trying to set expectations it is going to take a while and yeah yeah that that's that's understandable um but yeah it was for me it was kind of like a nothing because it's like well yeah of course you're working on itemization because you've shown that you're going through and listening and addressing feedback and what's the biggest piece of feedback um that the community has been going through and giving blizzards itemization so yeah it just it makes sense to 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 touch on a couple points that you just made I, I think it's very interesting at any point for somebody to assume that like what does itemization mean it's like the first concept right yeah. basically the the concept of you know picking up things makes you feel as if you're progressing in some way that is palpable and you can make decisions about your character if we can like use that as a basis of itemization because everybody kind of has their own some people that just think the word rune words is itemization like you yeah. know what i mean so when the developers go we are actively working on itemization that means that there is part of their team that is looking to recreate the entirety of the game. Now, you may not see it like that. But, oh, just take away some of the affixes and make the numbers higher and make gear better. And it's like, oh, OK, that's a different game. Yeah. We made a game. It's OK if it's, it's OK if the majority of people agree the game isn't good enough. We hear you. We got to go make a new game. They they just and this this sounds like I'm bootlicking, but I'm really not. It's it's trying to like set a realistic expectation of how long development takes. I mean, oh, they have infinite resources. Well, literally, that's not true. No such thing as infinite exists in this universe as far as this is concerned. Smaller teams do it in less time. Smaller teams can just choose to do it. They can just put out whatever they want. And if it's not good, they do it again. Uh, that doesn't work when Microsoft is your dad, oddly enough. That doesn't no. work when Xbox and Nintendo and PlayStation and, and Steam all need to now put out releases. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, just just and also, you know, putting in a new item, you know, or a new item name takes two weeks for localization of every language version of the game, you know, type thing. It's it's. It's it's very it's very easy to discount the amount of effort that we need to go into to literally just go. These items don't have these stats on them anymore because that can't just be it. They can't just take them away. Right. Yeah. There are whole systems tied to how these stats work. There are there are special skills that have that have code readers that have a tag that says if this, then that if this and that if you just take them all away, it goes. What happened? Nothing. Well, I guess the game freezes like Game development's hard. Itemization is effectively making a new game. When they redid the damage buckets, they just made a different game. Notice how you're playing the game right now and it still works. And like when you do the damage, the numbers make the colors that you want and you're doing the damage and you're killing the monsters and ball sorceress is broken. <laughs> how, you have to remember that those numbers all literally logically did something different a month ago. A month ago, the game was completely different, and now it's here. And then itemization is going to take the game and put it over here. And it's just going to be a different game over here now. Um, yeah, so that, that that's a bunch of apologizing for something I'm not, not responsible for. But I do think they need to continue to communicate that things are actively in, in production or actively in development. Because if they don't, while I can assume that they are, the average person can't. 
Because if you don't tell them, it's not happening. And I yeah. get that. It, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, like not, not everybody, not everybody has that insight, which is perfectly reasonable. But with the cadence, with, with the, with the precedent that they've set of when they start talking about something versus when it gets into the game, it's coming. It's coming soon. It's probably going to completely change the game again. And while the casual player's experience is just going to be slightly more streamlined, everything behind the scenes is going to be vastly different. The min-maxing is going to be different. The best builds are going to be different. How you build a character is going to be different. And I'm very excited. I appreciate the rate at which they are completely overhauling the game. It oh, came yeah. out. It came out five months ago. It came out five months and three days ago, guys. Game's been out for five months and three days, and it's been completely overhauled twice already. And we're in where we just started season two. So very exciting from my side. I, I love if I could give them more treats that said, keep just saying every couple of weeks, just tell us what's on the radar. Thank you. Just keep doing that. And I'd be I'd be completely happy as a as a player of the video game yeah um i can't argue with that um i don't think we were going to have an argument anyway um because i just i disagree <laughs> Thank got you. there powerful Finally, let's raise our voices um i was talking to nine ball pre-show that you know everything with diablo 4 isn't perfect right we can still see flaws with it but the sentiment around the game is so different than what it was just three months ago, right? Um, that's it. Just feels good, I guess, to not to like go onto Reddit and see people posting more about finding um, a Shaco or how many Durial runs they've been doing. Um, I'm complaining about Living Steel, but like from a constructive place and not just this game is trash, right? It just feels good, I guess. Like, And, and to, to hear the devs saying like, hey, this is what we're working on and like the community responding um, kindly. It just, it, it, it feels like we're in a better place. It doesn't mean that vitriol is not still there. Uh, it doesn't mean that like the the community doesn't have the propensity for that ability yet again. But like it, it feels like we're moving in a really good direction. Which in turn is a nice little segue to your experiences interacting with real people in the community at BlizzCon. So it's not just announcements, right? Um, it's not just a bunch of PowerPoints. It's you guys actually getting to hang out with other fans and people. And you guys actually met each other. Yeah, it was mostly hanging out with Nineball. That was mostly what it was. It was just, I would just be screaming until he came and found me like a lost <laughs> child. Because <laughs> he's, a, he's a vet. I, this is my first ever BlizzCon. So it was just, it was mostly me just being like, oh, shiny lights. And then Nineball is like, no, come along, come along. You'll get, you'll get hit by a car if you keep doing that. No, but it was, it was, it, I mean, you're, you're completely right. Like half of what I did was I just like kind of ran around and was like, hi, it's a pleasure to meet you in the real world. We've been, I, I met some of my D2 speed run team, right? Like 
Lucky Luciano, Mr. Hollywood, Macabre, Coogs. Like I met these people in the flesh and blood. I have been we have screamed at each other. We have basically cried together. We've competed together over the past five years. Never met them in the real world. <laughs> so that that was awesome. Just that alone was like worth the price of admission. Yeah, uh, I, I said this when we did our like BlizzCon special podcast, um, you know, with uh, that the BlizzCon is really about the people, not the announcements. The announcements are nice. They're great. But you, you go to BlizzCon um, to to meet your friends, to meet up with your friends, you know, from all over the world and such. Um, like uh, stepping outside of uh, Diablo real quick, one of the people that I connected with like Saturday night and we just had like a couple of drinks when everything else was like crazy and the convention was over and such um, is a guy that I have been playing World of Warcraft with since November of 2004. You know, and so it's just like we, we just rolled uh, undead warlocks at the same time and we're out there just like killing things uh, in Terrace Fall Glades and just like Hey, you want to party up? Sure. And then 20 years later, you know, we're just sharing a drink at BlizzCon. Like, again, you know, um, he hasn't been to, like, all of them, but he, like, started going, like, in 2000 and, uh, 2008, 2009, and it, we just meet up. We don't we don't play World of Warcraft together anymore. I don't think either of us actually, like, really plays World of Warcraft anymore. But still, it's someone that I know, uh, you know, and it's always about the the people and the connections. And this one was actually really, really, really cool. Um, there, there. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that like any BlizzCon is like ever perfect, and this one definitely had was a little rough around the edges um, with uh, how like things were put together and running. And there's like a funny story of us like we were going to see the Diablo panel, security stops us, and they won't let the Blizzard employee in you know it's like oh sorry you have the wrong wristband and then i think it was like uh lord fluffy or the p child was up front and just said hey can we it's like we're media we're supposed to be in there he's like oh you have a media badge i don't care about this blizzcon i don't care about this blizzard employees media or this blizzcon employees credentials you know but you have a media badge so yeah you can come in and so then like the 30 of us all like go through and finally get in uh to the auditorium and such um you know, it's always controlled chaos, uh, but it was it was really it was really cool seeing um, a lot of people's first time, uh, you know, macro yourself included and just the wide eyed wonder of everything that's going on. And I, I got to I got to play like a little tour guide. You know, it's like over here's the media room, food, water. These are the like the, the best bathrooms. This is how you get in and out and stuff like that. And then just watching everybody run around and have fun. Um, and also, uh, Marriott over the Hilton, never go to the Hilton lobby. It's way too loud. I mean, if the, if partying, if, if partying and going deaf is your thing, 100%, go to the Hilton, have fun. Nothing against it whatsoever. I, I prefer to actually hear the other people talking. So I, I like hanging out at the Marriott. I got put in the Hilton, uh, get earplugs, like the, the DJ, they set up a DJ in front of the doors to leave the building because there's not room elsewhere and it was cool i actually dug a lot of the music nobody could really dance because they set up the dj in front of the exit doors to leave the lobby which was a wild choice from from my side also uh shout outs to the striking employees while i got woken up at 5 a.m every morning while i was actively working a blizzcon event for the first time ever and i definitely didn't have anxiety about that in any way shape or form 
They were striking for better wages. Shout outs to them. Get your money. Support striking workers. Support unions. Support I'm going to get weirdly. I'm going to get weirdly political real quick. But like, support unions. Support your working persons. Uh, it sucked waking up at 5 a.m. and just being like, "What is happening?" They had like a marching band outside of the Hilton, just being like, "Wake up! It's BlizzCon!" And I was like, "Buddy, I went to sleep at 3 a.m. in the morning. I can't be doing this right now." <laughs> The, the event was cool. Nine Bubble is awesome. Like there, there, there were a bunch of vets there who had to take a lot of people in under their wings because, you know, you have like kind of the recently established like like partner program now with the with the Diablo, with the Diablo verse. Uh, so like Dread Sites was there as well. There's being like, here's how you here's how you walk through doors. And I'm like, there's a procedure for walking through doors. I didn't know that. I just thought my little my little whatever green wristband would make me go through places um it was it was crazy though that's too many people at a convention i'll go ahead and say it there's too many people there i went over to the world of warcraft section nope don't go over there unless you want to wait in line for six hours for a plushy doll which shout outs to the people who do that i you are a literal soldier you're an absolute unit i don't know how you managed to make that happen but damn it was a cool event damn blizzcon's awesome isn't it's it? just it's just cool the whole time everything is cool you're like look at this cool thing hell yeah oh let me take a oh look at this cool thing so i mean <sighs> macro you have a unique perspective in in that it was not only your first but then you were featured at it yeah i don't know why dog i'm not famous i don't like don't tell blizzard hey blizzard doesn't <laughs> listen to this right hey, hey blizzard hey, thank hey, you hey, come on. <laughs> No, oh, oh, like oh, oh, no, I just realized that was a dig. No, 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 that was only the joke. No, 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 that was that was only a joke. Um, please, please don't listen to me right here. I'm super not famous. I don't know why they had me there. That being said, uh, it was wild. I sure got to be in a meet and greet with Riker and Amaranth. So that was that was. I'm just sitting there like these are famous people. I'll just be over here. I'll just um, sure you want my, you want my signature. You'll know who I uh, am. Sure. So we we need to stop there because like that is that is a story in and of itself because I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't know that. Pre-show. Yeah, it was like <laughs> I didn't I didn't know that. It was just like I was at the convention. It's like it's the meet and greet, but like I need food and like a nap or something like that. So I need to. I'm old. Uh, and so just afterwards, and I was just talking with Dread Scythe, and he's like, yeah, and Amaranth was there. I'm like, huh, wait, so we have, like, the Diablo personality meet and greet, and then there, and they had Riker, Macro, and previously unannounced, Am- you're fucking with me, right? No, it was just, and then, and then Amaranth was there. She's cool. It actually turns out we have a mutual friend, uh, so... I got to help her get set up with some, uh, hopefully with some plushies. Uh, but like they just, they watch it. So Darth microtransaction was supposed to be there, right? Mm-hmm. Another person who, if you don't know Darth microtransaction, he just got his third YouTube channel to have a silver plaque. Uh, shout outs to Darth microtransaction. I have no silver plaques. So just to give yeah. you the, 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 the yeah. pecking, well, it's a while, but yeah, but like the pecking order, and sadly, he had like blown out an eardrum, so we couldn't make mm-hmm. it. It turns out Amareth has actually been like streaming Diablo 4. Like Amareth has actually been actively playing Diablo 4. Uh, and it was, it's cool that she got to come out. It was cool to meet her. But it was just like, oh, OK, so you have Riker. You have the Riker, right? Yep. Like you have 
hey folks it's Riker here <laughs> oh no he finally gave me a hat I don't have it in the room though I'm not going to run off for it but like you have the Riker then you have Amaranth and then it's just like hey how's it going I'm Mac it's a pleasure, to, <laughs> pleasure, pleasure to meet you I'm trying to like not make eye contact with people because I don't want them to feel bad and come walk over but also but also I don't want them to feel like I'm weird and standoffish I'm just like <laughs> I'm like, hey, have a great BlizzCon. And they're like, okay, guy. I will have security. So so one of the security members, so they they did like a swap of the guard at one point. And I'm kind of standing there. I'm holding a Sharpie. I get a tap on my shoulder. And she's like, are you here with Amaranth? I turn around. It's some guy. He's got an earpiece in. He's got a a, like a suit jacket. And I go, what? You hear what you hear with Amaranth? And I go, no. And then I turn away and I just hear him behind me just being like, does not compute. Like, it's like, he's like, okay, are you part of the event? And I went, yeah, hi, I'm Mac. I'm one of the, yeah, I know my name's not up here. I'm, I'm theoretically one of the attractions. (laughs) (laughs) So even the security didn't know like why I was there. I was like, bro, this is a, this is a lot for my ego, but it's okay. Sure. So, she was I'm, cool though. Everybody, everybody was cool at them. Out of curiosity, in the order as people were going, were you sandwiched in between the two of them? No, dude. I was I was at the I was at the back of it. The light didn't even completely cover me. It went Riker. It went people. Riker, Amaranth, me. So people who wanted to see Riker got straight to him. People who just wanted Amaranth to step on them, which was one of the more popular pictures that people took. Uh, shout outs. Hey, I, I'm, I'm fully support in all work. I'm fully supportive. However, your creative direction takes you. I love it so much. People want to do that. Hell yeah. Get whatever you need out of that super ups. I just knew anybody who laid down on the ground probably wasn't going to come to me for a signature. <laughs> so that was a, that was a way to filter it for me. So that was a way to filter it for me. Anyone? I didn't step on any, but nobody asked me to you step on them. You should have told me if I would have let you step on me. This is yeah, this is this is like getting to a point where like now I'm staging my own meet and greets to help my ego. That's a lot. I appreciate I appreciate the energy though. I appreciate so the energy. Next next BlizzCon for anybody listening, when when Mako's doing his signing, he is available for all poses. All poses. That are legal yeah. in the state literally, of California. Yeah. Literally, according. If you see him just walking through the convention, just stop him and be like, "Can you step on me, please?" Yeah, I I will do that. I'm a short king, so it'll be an interesting dynamic. I oh, shoutouts to everybody I met just being a short king. I appreciate that. Everybody was real in the five eight five nine region of height. I super appreciate that. Dread Scythe is like seven feet tall, standing next to us. It was I, great. I, I, I did so uh, as BlizzCon was going. I had to message Nineball. I'm like, is Dreadsight just a giant, or is everybody short? Um, both, both. It, was, it's, it, it can a, be. Yeah, it's, it's actually both. Yeah. It, it is both. Four K no lows dose. Um, shout outs to like the three people who did stop me. Who just like, oh, hey, hey, Mac, hey. Hey man, I've been I've been following you since D2R, and I was like, oh, it's time for my heart to melt. It's time for me to just turn into a puddle. Turns out like one of the Blizzard devs has been like sub to me since like my D2R days, and I was like, oh, that's wild. Don't do keep your money, please. Don't do that. Don't do that at all. Take it, you earned it. Um, Well, I'll go buy Taco Bell with it. Shoutouts to Taco Bell. I'm not sponsored. I just love Taco Bell. So 
<laughs> so we don't have any sponsors either. So just free advertising. Ta- Taco Bell, get Taco at Bell. us. Uh, Taco Bell, get at Pure Diablo. That's what I'm saying. Um, I'm. <clears throat> oh. Yeah. Baja Blast. Baja Blast. Saying, I'm, I'm already on point with marketing. I've got it. I've already yeah. got it right here, man. Um, <laughs> one of many things you could do. Uh, so, I uh, trust me. If you're not expecting it, I will do it. Perfect. The the Amaranth story. It, it obviously uh, was worth a, a little derail there. I know. I just want to say that if you ever want to get into hot tub content, I am all for it. I won't say it's the first time somebody has said that to me. And <laughs> the moment the moment I don't live in this little apartment, I can uh, kind of afford outside of Boston, bro, I'm going to get it's going to get wild. The moment it I have is. my own property, it's going to get wild. Welcome. Welcome to Diablo Steamy <laughs> Edition. That's all I'm saying. So, Diablo uh, night. So well, one of so one of the big things that we would do with uh with our like after BlizzCon tradition is Sunday, uh probably one of the more stories that gets around is like Korean barbecue and karaoke, which of course did happen. But the other part of it is literally just soaking in like a hotel hot tub for about like two hours to try and recover from the previous two days. So yeah, there, there's definitely there's there's a connection point there between Diablo and hot tubs. Just live stream from the con Diablo hot tub edition. Just everybody just, I got to get on a flight. <laughs> yeah. um, so Amaranth aside, uh, you did actually get to hang out and be a central focus, not just in a line, but playing Diablo and talking mm-hmm. Diablo. What was that like? So Adam Jackson, for for people who haven't seen, I got to interview Adam Jackson, a lead live class designer. I think I remembered his entire title this time. Uh, Adam Jackson's at the helm of why classes are the way that they are. And the man is just a wild nerd. Like he is such a deep, deep nerd. I love talking with him. You know, I get an opportunity to chat with him fairly often. Um, whenever I have a complaint about necromancer minions, I send him a Wikipedia entry of like, here's my most recent buffs I would like to see. And he goes, be realistic. And I go, no. Uh, so he's just, (laughs) he's, he's, he is phenomenal. He cares about this game in a way that I really wanted to help kind of humanize with the interview because I don't I don't think people really see the devs as like artistically like like vision driven people and they just so are if you ask him the question why does this skill do this and this skill does this he goes let's back up to the concept of skills like let, let's get back up to what does a skill need to do in the video game and what does that mean to connect us back to the emer- like everything that he thinks about is so wildly in depth and it's not just the numbers need to go big do the big smash it's like this does this because of xyz and it needs to fulfill one two three and that's how we get to this permutation that at the end goes this skill does an explosion. And I just, I, I love talking with him and I really appreciated the opportunity to just be like, Hey man, I've heard you say all this smart stuff. Say it in front of these people, like kind of uncut, 
kind of you know he, he was doing his best to not reveal anything you know and he did a great job you know i definitely think he he managed all of his contractual obligations but i just every opportunity i get to talk with him i i've become a huge you know adam jackson fanboy and i i'm really glad that he's at the helm when it comes to what the game's going to continue to look like because he has such good head on his shoulders and hopefully from from what i'm getting back from people they were able to kind of pick up on that and that was that was my mission was like i need people to know this dude exists and and how he approaches stuff and i think i think we succeeded at that because the dude's a genius i just i i i can't gush about him enough honestly but I want to point out you spent all that time talking about Adam Jackson, not talking about yourself. <clears throat> How did I mean you were chosen to mm. bring this out to the forefront? How did that feel? Well, it felt pretty bad because I had to respec out of my minion build. And uh, the issue was okay, so here's the context I was playing it. And apparently Dat Mods, so shout out to Dat Mods. Dat Mods at one point said, is Mac playing a Z DPS build, a zero DPS build? I found out that this was going to be happening. On stream, I had started swapping over to a minion build to be able to like uh, t start testing that. And I went, oh God, I need to like stream and like do an interview and talk to people. And I need to look like I know what I'm doing. So it needs to be easy. Oh, I'll respec over to Infinimist. Infinimist is a build that casts Blighted Corpse Explosion, the AOE damage, and resets cooldowns. And it doesn't work if you don't have Blighted Corpse Explosion. And when I respect, I forgot to pick Blighted Corpse Explosion. So I was just running like tier 70 Nightmare Dungeons with a build that doesn't work. And just desperately trying to pretend like that made. Yep, that's what it's supposed to do. That's yep. oh, that that's intentional. That's and about like 30 minutes into it, I'm sitting there and like it, at first I wasn't really making a big deal of it. And I just like very quickly look at my skill tree, but I don't want to stop and like respect my character. Right. Like I'm like, oh, OK. All right. Uh, oh, what's uh, oh, OK. Do I have my gear on? Did I not equip an item? Do I have a paragon board? So it just turns out I didn't click Blighted Corpse Explosion. I missed one skill point, so my build was completely turned off. Uh, but okay, enough deflecting. It was insanely cool. Like, like unironically, it was a little bit hectic because my slot was right after opening ceremonies. So there's a ton going on behind the scenes, right, for all the production crews and the community managers. And like they had like one dude working on getting the mics right. Apparently, my setup was the only one that went off without a hitch because I don't know. I'm I'm just preternaturally lucky. And it was like, OK, the moment opening ceremonies is over, I need to be streaming, which is physically impossible. But I'm also at like my first BlizzCon and they have. Chris Metzen is on this stage. Like everything is cool and happening and I can't tear my eyes away. And I had to like, I had to leave opening ceremonies early, just like be there in time. And then I sit down at this like double computer rig that I've never, I've only ever used one computer. They're like streaming is here. Gameplay is here. And I went, that does not compute. That's not, <laughs> that's not how I do stuff. I couldn't update my like stream info because i don't know how to do that through uh obs so it just like said whatever it said a week ago the last time I, it's like doing good diablo it doesn't say <laughs> anything about blizzcon but shout outs to my community they like they they showed up and they they did their best to like help me you know assuage my fear and 
uh, I, I like to think that I perform best when there's not really a script going. So that was kind of playing to my strengths. It was wildly cool, man. There was like people behind me who like paid to go to BlizzCon and like, I'll sit down and watch this guy play the game. And I was like, why would you do that? There's other <laughs> stuff you can go. You can go do other stuff. You sell I guess yourself I have a, short. I, I have a I have a lead developer here. He's cool. And then like Adam Fletcher came and like saved me a little bit. He kind of like sat down and talked with me. And then um, you know, Gymnasium, another great dude, uh, another D2 dude, also Max Roll, and uh, one of the other featured streamers there. Like he came and hung out with me for a little bit. So it was it was it was really really cool. You know, I I had that moment where I was just like five years ago I started speedrunning Diablo two, and I guess I'm here now. So like that's that's insane you know what i mean so uh, all all in all it was mostly a blur of <laughs> god damn it my build sucks so bad and i look like an idiot because i didn't i didn't click a single skill point and i'm over here like why am i doing no damage i guess i'll go do open world content because at least it's there i can just kind of blow through it and nobody will notice but yeah shout out to the people who noticed that definitely didn't make <laughs> me feel awkward at all it's okay well at least you recognized your mistake later yeah yeah like four days later when i was home (laughs) you know perfect perfect time to go fix it at that point yeah well it's still very cool and we're all i mean genuinely very proud of you uh i think it's awesome that you got the recognition that honestly i think you deserve um appreciate that thank you said it since i mean i think you were on the third or fourth podcast that we've done you know you're putting out good stuff and uh, you put that out there and you're you're rewarded in kind so that's awesome Uh, thanks okay now let's insult him because i built him up too much nine ball you can say all the things you were saying pre-show he doesn't respect our time he does durial run you know something like that what were you saying okay all right i'm sorry i would say i was so specifically what i was saying is like oh thank god he's still streaming because i need to get these three more living steel and this gives me time to get the other chest so yeah that's fair yeah um you you needed more time while you were streaming which is totally fine um and it it was okay because helltide had just popped so we perfect wanted to do helltide needed living steel yeah yeah it just it worked it worked for us. Um, okay, uh, we're getting close to kind of closing out. Uh, last kind of thoughts around BlizzCon uh, from the two of you. And Nimbo, you've been kind of quiet as of late. Uh, so, like, one of my last thoughts when it comes to BlizzCon and the camera right here, I'm going to say this. Dread Scythe, you're fucking singing a song at karaoke next year. I, you, you got away this year. You're singing next year, man. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> That's it. Then. Okay. Um, I it, it's like it's like what what you know what can I say that I haven't already said like a million times? I absolutely love BlizzCon. It's uh it's like just a great hangout for friends, experiences, and stuff like that. There's just such a shared camaraderie. People, you know, like uh, I got to meet Woody for the first time, and he's not like a person that I chat with uh, or regularly or even re- like really know. And it was just like. Hey, what's going on, man? And such, and just instant camaraderie, um, you know, because of the shared passion, the shared love, you know, for the the game and everything like that. Um, that uh, is, it's really cool and special, and it's just so hard to describe 
for someone that's never really been there or experienced it. Um, and yeah, already looking forward to next year, honestly. Um, Macro, you're going to talk in a second, but I want every listener to just take a moment and right now just guess what Nine Balls go to karaoke song is. All right, just just say it out loud. What what do you think it is? And then he's going to answer in a second, I bet. Uh, so in your brain, you've got it. You've got Nine Ball. What's he going to sing? Uh, Mac, why don't do you want to guess what he what he would do or do you know? I don't I didn't get to go to karaoke. I didn't know that that was a thing. Also, I think that night we ended up passing a super early. I, I got like that was it was Sunday. I think you left before we even went. Oh, to yeah, we yeah, yeah. cuz my flight was at midnight on Sunday. Yeah. So I'm definitely I'm definitely I'm definitely going to be taking an extra day after the con for oh, sure cuz yeah. it, it turns out Sunday is like a whole it's like a whole other day of the con basically, but it's yeah. like off, at least, off screen at least for us in the diablo community and such you know um it's always a day to like just kind of like hang out relax Mon- monday or tuesday is definitely the uh the preferred leaving day so you can actually yeah. fit in everything i know you know content creators you know like yourself Riker, and such that that is like an extra day that you're not creating content and you know get paying the bills and such so i definitely understand it don't hold it against anybody but yeah if you can by all means, fly out Monday and come hang out with us. We'll we'll feed you meat and then we'll sing some songs. So uh, what? So what song song song? Song? I thought you guys were gonna guess first. Um, yeah, that, is, that, is, that, it, is it a Bon Jovi? No. Um, well, oh. no you, you get your guess and then um, I'm gonna get my guess and I w- I want to say that I think you would do "Love Hurts" by Nazareth. No. No, I can see you belting out "Love Hurts." No. Um, oh, you're a te- you're a tenor, kind of, though, right? Oh, I'm tone deaf. No. Elton no, John. So I'll, I'm gonna say Zant was in genre. Oh, yeah. that sucks because I don't know what they said. Uh, so I, said I got Love, I got nothing. "Love Hurts" by Nazareth. So yeah, I don't know what that is. So. Uh, oh man. Well, nope. Uh, we're already we're already going late here. We can't dovetail into that. So what is the song? Uh, George Michael's. Okay. Careless okay. Whisper. Careless oh. Whisper. Yeah. Though okay. I will say I'm pretty sure that I sung the most uh, okay. that night. Yeah. I I was hitting at like every even if I didn't have the microphone, I was just sitting there singing along, and my my voice was raw on Monday. That's for sure. But um, yeah, no, that was that was that was my that was my go-to song. Uh, I always have to play something from Journey. It's, you know, don't stop believing this time because in previous years I'd do uh, Worlds Apart, which is my favorite Journey song, and no one would sing along with me. And you know, we we hit some of the classics and stuff like that. Um, we did some Disney. There was some anime. We did uh, Com Susser Todd for anybody that understands that um, uh, Evangelion reference. It's good fun. It's a lot of fun. Uh, all right, Macro, last thoughts around BlizzCon? Uh, I desperately hope that I'm relevant next year so that they'll fly out so I can afford to go to <laughs> BlizzCon. Uh, that would be super cool. No, it was like it was a wildly, wildly, wildly powerful experience. Um, 
really like my first thought is my last thought, which was sitting in the opening ceremonies. I, I kind of alluded to this, but like reminded me that I've been playing these games since as far back as I can remember. Like I played Warcraft 2 with my dad on PlayStation and I just like watching him. I just like watching him uh, <clears throat> trying to navigate. I think you get like I think like the first mission is literally like you have a band of elven archers and there's like a cool there's like a cool female NPC whose name I don't remember. And you go down to the shoreline and there's like orcs on a ship and it's like trying to defend that. Um, so shout outs if I got that wrong. Sorry. But like playing that game with my dad as a kid to watching like Chris Metzen walk back out on stage and just being like, it's time to bring back world. He literally said it's time to come back home. And I started getting teary eyed. Like I played one character in world of Warcraft for nine years straight. I have a year's worth of hours played on a single character. And I never like sat in Orgrimmar on my flying mount. Like I always logged off. I forgot how literally how much of my life has been spent playing these video games. And that like, I did that to enjoy playing video games and to hang out with my friends. And I still have Facebook friends from like a guild that I ran back in college. And like, I've, I don't talk to them anymore, but like they're there and I see when their birthdays are, it was powerful. It was powerful to be in that moment and to experience that. And like, I'm, I'm getting like emotional considering it right now. Uh, and it's just like, cool. That was a trip out to California. I took and I met all these amazing people and I got to do all these amazing things, but mostly it was just like getting to sit down and like eat dinner with people I've known for years and I've, I've never seen in the real world. So it was, it was cool, man. Cons are cool. Video games are cool. Passion is like, love what you do and don't worry about who doesn't. That's, that was BlizzCon. <laughs> love what you do and don't worry about who doesn't was, was my takeaway from it. Yeah, man. All right, so next year. And you need to come next year. Yeah, Yeah. maybe. I've never gone. I've never gone. Um, I got mods from my chat who need to come out next year. You need to come out next year. We got to figure out whatever that looks like. You got to, whatever needs to happen. We need to meet Xanth IRL. Yeah. um, I'm pretty great. Uh, Not like, you know, anyway. Uh, so as we're closing out, I want to uh, just uh, bring up uh, a shout out to a couple of uh, podcast reviews that we pulled in last time. Uh, so uh, Baron Dargar, uh, you know, thank you for that uh, nice little review. We're, we're working on the audio, we know. Um, Men's Room 1776, uh, thanks for, for recognizing that we are just some dudes who love Diablo. Um, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Uh, and then this was a long one, but taste the face. Um, thanks for, for reviewing. And uh, uh, you, you brought it up in the review, so we'll shout it out again. Blizzard is still looking for blood. If you have not donated blood, uh, the last step to get that uh, PC that is fueled by blood, or at least has a little bit in it, um, they still need some more pints. 666 pints is not a lot. That's actually what you will give uh, one pint on the average donation. So if you can, get out and donate and then submit that so that people can get a chance at a PC. And more importantly, uh, one pint of blood will save uh, what can go to up to three people. So do some good, get some cool stuff, and keep that going. Um, 
Outside of that, let's close it out as we always do with a moo, moo, moo. Moo. I can't donate blood. Please go do it for me. Moo. Moo. <laughs>